What's Up Whittier. Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Hey everybody, producer Christine here. But I did want to let you know that this is part of our City Council Candidate Series. So just to let you know, vote-by-mail ballots are going to be sent out on January 23rd. Early election day starts on February 22nd, and actual election day is on March 3rd. Here at What's Up Whittier, we believe in democracy and having an open forum for candidates to really come from the heart and talk about why they're running for office. So I hope you enjoy this series in the next few episodes. Thank you for listening, subscribing, leaving us reviews for What's Up Whittier. As you know, this is a free community resource to everybody. So we're here, we're interviewing our future representatives, and we want you to get out the vote. If you're not registered to vote, you can head to lavote.net to check your registration and register people to vote. If you know kids or teenagers that are 16 and up, did you know they can actually pre-register to vote? Definitely. So go to lavote.net and get people pre-registered. And again, thank you so much for tuning in to What's Up Whittier. You can follow all of our social media. Check us out at What's Up Whittier on Instagram and Facebook at What's Up 562 on Twitter. And check out our new website, What's Up Whittier.xyz. And also check out all of our social media, the team. You can check out Remo the Realtor at RemoTheRealtor.com and everything at RemoTheRealtor. And you can follow Jesse the Architect at J2Architects on Facebook, Instagram, and J2Architects.com. And yes, although I am running for office, I'm not going to plug my website right now, but you can head over to ChristineSingerLuna.com if you're interested in notary services, because I am a notary. Thank you so much, everybody, for following along with What's Up Whittier and for trusting us to bring you this type of resourceful information. Now, take it away, Jesse and Remo. What's up, Whittier? Dun, da, da, da. Welcome back, Remo. <coughs> Welcome back, Jesse. It's good to be back. To our, I know, our, man. It's our original location here. Where it all started, man. Yes, our the What's Up Whittier headquarters that we let you lease out. <laughs> there you go. You subleased to me, man. Uh, so uh, so this is going to be exciting, man. I'm, I'm really pumped uh, for what we got going on for these next couple interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've talked about, uh, doing this whole, uh, kind of what we did last year, you know, doing this, uh, um, candidate forum or not even forum is really more, a get to know your candidate, mm-hmm. um, kind of series. Uh, so we're going to have a couple of them coming up. Uh, obviously today we're starting with our very first one, which we've interviewed in the past, but a more of a professional kind of. Uh, interview. Oh, that's right. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Podcast number ninety-nine. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so, anyways, with that, I mean, you want to give them a, another kind of brief of what we got going on, or, or uh, for everybody no, I, listening I, out there. Or? I think uh, I, I think you know, and we get right to it. There you go. And, and again, it'll be for candidates for council, city council. City council. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got two districts. Uh, we have District One and District Three. Um, and then we also have the uh, mayor uh, seat that we'll, we'll also interview. And those, like I said, would be uh, at a later date. 
Uh, but for today, we have, um, for District 3, mm-hmm. we have uh, Alex Moiza um, here today. Yes. Yes. And so what, what that said, uh, welcome. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me here. Am I close enough to the microphone? Oh, there you are. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> so I guess the format is you have a whole series of questions here you guys kind of oh. want me to go through? or Yes, I'm sorry. And that was the other thing. So just to, again, be neutral and, and try to keep it all fair for everybody, well, what we've done for Maureen is we've kind of set uh, a couple questions. Uh, we've obviously sent them up front, and these are going to be the same questions we're going to ask everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from what we'll do is we'll start asking the questions, and you just give us the answer. I think that'll make it easy, and, right? And, and that's <laughs> and it's a question and answer, but it's it's wherever it kind of goes. Our goal is that we get these answered in some way or another, yeah. right? Um, kind of learn a little bit about the person, right? Correct. That's so, what these so when are. someone's listening, they know the same answers for everyone based off of the the same question. So, have some some uh, perfect then, right? All right, awesome. So, Alex, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, okay. We'll start with, uh, with the first question: Who are you? Who <laughs> am I? Okay, so I'm Alex Moisa. I'm running for Whittier City Council District 3. I'm a long-term resident of Whittier. I've lived in the city for about 27 years now. I'm married to my wife, Irma. We've been married for 26 years and have three children. We have Christina, uh, age 25, my son Alex at 22, and my younger son Isaac at 17, a senior in high school. Um, Before moving to Whittier, I was born and raised in Montebello, and there attended Montebello Public Schools. I'm a a Montebello Public School product, uh, good or bad, having gone to <laughs> elementary all the way to high school, graduating from Montebello High School. And from there, I went to community college for two years. So I was at Eli Community College back uh, in, oh, maybe I shouldn't tell the years yet, huh? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, but back when they still were charging tuition. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, I did two years over there, and I had a good experience there because I met someone who was a great college counselor, and she really uh, emphasized going to a four-year institution, and she pushed me to go to UCLA. I was fortunate enough to, when she kind of told me that, I kind of got my, my act together because sometimes ELAC was like a 13th or 14th grade, mm-hmm. you know, so I was taking 12 units and not doing, doing part-time work. But she changed my attitude about that, pumped off 21, 22 units each semester and was able to get myself out of there and transfer to UCLA. So nice. I was there for UCLA for, for two, two and a half years. After that, took some time off of work. Uh, worked at a real estate syndication firm mm-hmm. in uh, Westwood. And then ultimately went back to law school. Nice. Uh, law school for three years and graduated back in 1992. I've been practicing family law and estate planning um, since basically 1997, before that having done municipal law. Um, Very cool. Let's see. For Montebello, I guess what I kind of want to emphasize, too, is that when I was in Montebello, um, my sisters moved to Whittier back in the, um, in the early, early 80s. And because of that, I'd come over to Whittier and check it out. Uh, enjoy the where my sisters lived, loved their neighborhoods, and really got a good feel for Uptown during that time as a young man, and I enjoyed that. And I think that's kind of what drove me to come to Whittier and kind of join my sisters uh, at their uh, in the same city they lived in. Very cool. And in terms, obviously, as your profession, you said you're a lawyer. Yes, I'm um, a lawyer. Uh, or attorney? What's the right word? Is it a lawyer or attorney? I'm both of them, actually. <laughs> Whatever you what want is the right mean. word? Because every kid's like, yeah. Well, I don't know if there's really a right word on it, I guess. But they're both I mean, the same. They're both the same. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I think uh, a lawyer, I don't know, attorney sounds what, more official or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm really not quite sure. It's, have you ever seen that commercial? It's the uh, janitor versus custodian. No, no. And they compare a couple different persons. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, something like that, yeah. I guess, because we're cleaning up other messes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. 
Yes, and I have my, I have my practice in Uptown Whittier. Very I'm cool. at the Whittier Penn Square building across from City Hall. I do family law and estate planning. I've been doing that for uh, almost 20 years now. Oh, wow. Whittier. Yeah. So how long have you been a resident here in Whittier? Since 1994. Okay. Yeah, we moved into a place off of Chestnut. Chestnut and, uh, and Whittier Boulevard. Yeah. And uh, we were there till about 94, till about 2003. And from there, moved to where we are right now in La Corta. Very nice. In District 3. And so what brought you to Whittier? Well, I had mentioned a, a couple of things. One is my sister and my, my, my two sisters. Yeah. They, raised, they had families over here uh, and just really enjoyed the city because back in the day, Whittier had a lot of things going on that other cities didn't. Mm-hmm. And so even before that, as a youth, if there was a place you were going to shop locally to buy whatever it is you needed, was it a car, a good suit, a good appliance, you went to Whittier. Mm-hmm. I mean, days ago, Whittier had May Company, it had Robinsons, it had Henshaws, it had, it had a really good Sears, it had the anchor tenants of any mall, and they were all here in Whittier. So my youth, I remember my mom taking me to Whittier when she needed to go about shopping or something like that. If I go to the Burlington Coat Factory, I can kind of feel the older you know, Henshaw's that was there. And I remember the May Company and stuff like that. So I remember Whittier as a retail powerhouse. Mm -hmm. So even when I was younger, it wasn't much of that when it really kind of moved in, but that still had a little bit of that tenor and flavor to me. Mm -hmm. I guess moving here, realizing that it had changed and things had changed over a while. But initially, those were the things that drew me to the city um, and basically kept me here. Very cool. Yeah, as as you're answering that question, and and people land at different places for different reasons and so as as i'm thinking if how would i answer that question right and i i landed in woodier because my brother my first uh fast food restaurant i worked out my brother was a manager he mm-hmm. says come work with me i said okay and so it's it's great to hear how everyone's story made it here because some people didn't start here were born right. here and then they migrated saw what was available and what was happening and decided to Let's hang out and, and make it a community. Make yep. it a- Definitely. And yeah. think of it, too, as, as Whittier, even even now, as opposed to then, was a destination location. Mm-hmm. You know, people wanted to live in Whittier. It was a great suburban area, still close enough to Los Angeles. Yeah. Take that 30 years ago. 30 years yeah. ago, you could probably zip from here to L.A. Yeah. You yeah. could do Beverly Boulevard and get down to L.A., let alone the West L.A. I have traveled from here to UCLA, and you could do Olympic and just kind of make your way around. Those days are kind Were of gone Were you commuting? Now. Uh, in the last year, a little bit of commuting. Wow. I was living at my sister's place and then kind of went back and forth. She had a house in back on Catalina. So I did a little bit of that. So, you know, then the, the, the drive was maddening because it was an hour and 15 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good luck, luck now. Yeah. Now it's three hours. It's, it's an hour and 15 minutes in a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So you shared, you shared your story with Whittier. So we'll go right into it. Why is it that you're running uh, for uh, city council? Uh, running for city council because I want to make Whittier a better place to live. Uh, I feel that uh, at this point of the stage in the community service I've done, mm-hmm. that's working with a variety of nonprofits, including mm-hmm. right now the Whole Child, mm-hmm. which is really doing a lot towards a, a working towards the the homeless situation in the city of Whittier. But not only that, uh, boards and commissions over the years. I've served on the Park and Rec Commission for the city of Whittier. I've served on the CTAC which is the Citizens Technical Advisory Committee for the Native Habitat Preservation Authority. And that was all about keeping open space available in Whittier. And along with that, just had my business in Whittier. I have my home in Whittier. Yeah. And, and I basically, I'm invested in Whittier. And I want to be, be in Whittier pretty much for the rest of my life. 
and I want my children to stay in Whittier or close and also shop and, <laughs> shop and enjoy it, right? Yeah. And so all those things are magnets to it. And I think that given my experience working with the nonprofits and also working with the city government and having the business, that I have a good perspective of all the different elements of what make up uh, uh, the necessity of having a good council member. Mm -hmm. And I think I can provide that to the city council. Also, quite frankly, I think I'm pretty easy to work with. And I think I listen to people and I know to work with people. And that's something you're going to need if you're going to be on any city council, let alone you know this one right now today. So that's why I think for this next step that I could be a, a great addition to the Whittier City Council. Very cool. I know you mentioned a couple organizations that you volunteered uh, for. Do you want to get? Uh, do you want to add more to that, or do you want to get more specific in terms of how being part of those organizations it'll definitely add towards your your. Uh, volunteer in terms of being a council member because again just for those of you that that don't know you're not getting paid you're 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 essentially volunteering <laughs> your time as a as a, an elected official i believe um, so it's like 500 dollars or something a month which like i said still not getting paid <laughs> um no. so so is there any any other groups or, or organizations you want to talk about and how that that uh kind of comes back to to your role as as a candidate well i think okay that's a good question and, and you got to think of all the variety of different things and even uh, that go along with it okay so so my involvement with Whittier just at the basic governmental level could be with the Parks and Rec Commission and with the Preservation Authority but also back in that time I was really involved in an organization called Friends of P.O. Pico and Friends of P.O. Pico was an uh, organization that I got involved with and ultimately incorporated them into a nonprofit and the objective was to raise money and help to facilitate the preservation of the, of the Peel Pico State Park hmm. on the far west corner of, uh, of Whittier on, um, on Whittier Boulevard. That's right. That I really enjoyed doing. And that was very important to me because that was preserving our local history and making sure it's there for people to enjoy. Now, I didn't start that. And I took over or did things later on once people like Martha Scuthia and, and, and uh, local people, even Bob Henderson, really got that thing moving but it preserved a park that had fallen way into the decay, mm-hmm. a park where people were only hung out to, I think, to drink or just hide. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Before the homeless issue, issue. could you imagine <laughs> yes, that now? Yes, yes. Okay, but anyway, we saved that park, and, and that was a really important aspect to me of preserving the, the community. Nice. Uh, working with that, uh, also the preservation authority was important to me because open space is important to me. And we had just gotten the, 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 the Chevron oil property. The city had purchased it. And so it was a great opportunity to provide open space for future residents, i.e. I, maybe even more park space, whatever that might yeah. be. Um, but, but being involved with that also meant involved in the community and the local groups. So one of the first organizations I was involved in was Spirit Family Services. Hmm. They're out there now on the La Corte and La Painter. And they provide mental health and family services for the area and the, the southeast Los Angeles area a little bit and maybe the El Monte, a little north of us. Uh, that was a great organization. I loved doing that because that was just really being in touch with the local community members and providing much-needed services. Because even as you see the, 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 the problem we have now, the, it percolated in different ways in years yeah. past and, and services people needed. From Spirit Family Services, I, I went to the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, and I've really enjoyed being on the Boys and Girls Club. And, again, that's another opportunity just to really help the community you're part of. And, and whether it's, it's trying to, to, to help through donation or through volunteer or even trying to be a mentor for someone, that always was a great experience. Mm-hmm. I made sure that my kids uh, did some volunteer work at the Boys and Girls Club uh, just so they really see the different you know, uh, dichotomies and experiences that children have. 
Yeah. With that, um, I, we, my wife and I were members of and uh, of other organizations over the years. Whether it's the friends of, of the, it was a friends of the Whittier Hills, for instance, or whether it's the uh, it's the Whittier Conservancy, or whether it's Lakata or the First Day Coalition, or even the YMCA. There's all these network of services here that you end up utilizing for yourself and your children. And so what you really want to do is give back to them because they're a really important element. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then that network of, of organizations, I mean, I wrote a few of them here, and I'm not saying involvement of these, all these now, but you touch on all these if you have yes. children, right? Mm-hmm. PTA, a Murphy Ranch Little League. Uh, Whittier Area Youth Soccer, Whittier Arrows Girls Softball, uh, Whittier East Whittier Instrumental Music Program, the Cerna High School Girls Tennis and Band Programs, Whittier High School Baseball. Um, I mentioned the first day, for instance, Women and Children's Crisis Center, Rio Hondo Symphony. Um, all of those, when you really think about it, just kind of make up the fabric of the community. Yes. And so if you have a good touch or just try to maintain a touch on it, you, you all see what's happening. You know, from from the from the old days of the, my kids being in middle school and seeing the the band and how important it was to, to to have kids in that put structure in their lives, but also the challenges it took to raise money for those organizations. And I think all those organizations have the one thing they do they do have all the challenge, and they need they need the volunteers, they need money and time to really provide those resources. And to some degree, that's the city itself. Correct. Correct. You know, so so I think all those different organizations. The ones I am personally involved in, we have friends of P.O. Pico, Parks and Rec Commission, uh, CTAC, or the boards. Uh, They've all been important to me. The next layer. Um, Right now, the layer for me is um, um, the whole child. Mm -hmm. I'm the vice president of the whole child board of directors. And uh, when I first got on the whole child, we were dealing primarily with mental health services and uh, nutrition uh, services for families and children. Just barely touching on the homeless issue. But it's something that just kind of ballooned and, and got bigger, and mm-hmm. the whole child was in a good position to step in to try to help with some of that. And, and so be it, that's kind of what happened now. Uh, so, again, f- fortuitous, you know, watch out where you land, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and I had a friend who wanted me to be in an organization and ultimately took her offer on it. Uh, she ultimately uh, moved on to something else, but uh, I was there, and, and it's been a great experience. And not only that, it's going to be, like, right there, you know, yeah. at the, the touch of what's happening in the city of Whittier. Yeah. And then in a, in the more fun stuff, you know, my son's baseball team, right? So just yeah. watching him in his senior year and, and uh, the resources uh, uh, and the disparities that baseball teams and schools have and for, for their resources is something very, very evident you see, too, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so you've got to be involved in that, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the, seeing the parents there needing certain things from the city or from the school. And, and a lot of times the resources are just not available. Yeah. And so you have to partner with the city or with the school to try to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Now, you named off, obviously, a lot of organizations. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Um, how do you not get pulled in so many different directions? I, I know these are probably at different times of, of, of your life, obviously, but how do you kind of maintain that balance? Because I've I mean, been part of nonprofits, and once you're in, it's it's hard to get out, you know, because you care for the, the, the cause, and it's, you know, it, it's tough to walk away because you know that your help is, is needed. Um, and I know the whole child is one that's really important. I actually was at the uh, your event that was uh, oh, yeah. back uh, in uh, April. Yeah, yeah. So I was uh, we, me and my Thanks wife. For coming. Yeah, me and my wife were, were, were latecomers, um, but it was it was a beautiful event. And um, so, so my, my original question: How do you maintain, I guess, your sanity? Yeah, well, I guess you parsing it off like you mentioned right off the bat. These are over over a course of time. 
So with the older kids now, of course, there isn't as much of the school activities. And with the nonprofits, I guess I generally took it almost one at a time. With the exception of Friends of Pio Pico uh, and being on the Parks and Rec at the same time, and then maybe a little bit the Boys and Girls Club. After that, I really didn't do it to that degree. It's been kind of one organization at the time. And so even when we haven't served, for instance, on a board capacity on something, um, you still are involved and still donate and, and, and want to be involved in, in, in that perspective. Because mm-hmm. I just think so long as you maintain that touch, you have to kind of maintain that uh, both with the organization and uh-huh. kind of them with us ourselves. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the main thing. And, of course, um, I'm not the president of all of them. Yeah. Uh, thank God. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, that'll keep you busy. Very much well, so. I God. mean, I, I right away I, I felt or learned, you know, to not to be too critical of, of the uh, of the coaches and whatnot in baseball because if you want to be critical. <laughs> They're going to give you the job. Get up there at 3.30 in the afternoon, yeah. right, and assemble all of the guys together. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that kind of balancing, and sometimes it's still difficult, right, even with work and stuff like that. You yeah. just have to find the right uh, right balance and if you also have the right people working with you like for instance angelica my assistant you know, right over here and a few others they, they're the ones who make me able to do this right now nice nice and, and I'm, I'm glad i mean that you've named all those because it really gives you a range of how much you kind of have your finger on the pulse on majority of those organizations being like kind of like you said the fabric of what's going on in terms of issues in the city uh, I should say issues. I think just concerns, right, mm-hmm. or, or, or workings or happenings because, um, you know, like you said, the whole child and even like the Boys and Girls Club and, and, and uh, the uh, – what was the fam- – Spirit? Spirit Family Services. Yeah. I mean all those deal with family issues that um, I think that kind of deals to some of the concerns that we have right now. Um, obviously, you mentioned sports, which is also the, one of the big things that I think kind of helps youth – uh, move in a certain direction, right. go on the right right path rather than the wrong path. Um, and so uh, out of all those organizations, is there one that you think um, would really benefit you in, in terms of moving forward with the uh, city council? Uh, most likely the one I'm on right now, the, okay. the, the whole child. Okay. You know, I, I, I remember hearing this question just digressing. It was a question to Billy Joel. You know, the singer-songwriter, and they ask him, what was your favorite decade? He says, the one I'm in right now. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's pretty much it because um, the, they all kind of led up to the whole child, and, and the whole child provides, like, the right connection, what I love. Again, working with children. It's called the whole child. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So its emphasis is on children and families. And right now, and children and families are going to be the most vulnerable in what's happening with our housing crisis and our drug epidemic crisis going on. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting that you, you hear the, uh, the cries of what's going on about, uh, in the homeless and, of course, the, the, the anger over the service-resistant, the ones who are out there and the, 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 the angry and the drug addicts. And the first, you know, but the first people to die are, are women. You know, an older woman died in Central Park, and a young woman died over there in Parnell. And then I think a, a vet died the other day behind a, behind a gas station. You know, so older people, veterans, uh, young young women, all just so vulnerable people. So yeah. even even with what's going on, we're not even – you have this issue of, of the service resistant, but they're still there, still causing that, uh, the issue still. Correct. But the other ones are, are getting hit hard. Yeah. The whole child is out there to help the, the women and help children 
Not that we can do exactly something there, but we're just one component of it, correct, right? Correct. And then when you see, I uh, uh, mentioned, for instance, Lakata, for instance, right. Lakata is also very important mm-hmm. in doing that. Yeah. And I think ultimately uh, uh, what's as equally as important as going on here that I didn't mention off are local parishes. Mm-hmm. You know, so whether it be St. Bruno's or St. Mary's, uh, let alone the St. Matthias in those churches, they're all part of the component of trying to deal with, with the homeless situation right. too. Or yeah. even I would just... just to emphasize just making Whittier a better place. Yeah. yeah you know. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of, when you look at the makeup of a city, and, and I wasn't as, I don't want to say as vested, but just it wasn't my cup of tea in a sense. But as, last time when we did the uh, the nonprofit series that we did and, and got to know all or some of the organizations, I'm sure there's many more, um, how many organizations are kind of are helping the pot I mean, it, it, it's incredible. And, yeah, it's huge. And, and, and as you hear their stories, you think, well, I want to help and donate. And then you hear the next person, you're like, wow, I want to help and donate. And yeah. then you almost get kind of pulled in so many different yeah. directions. And they all have an incredible cause, and they're all doing something great. So I, I think lining up um, uh, city resources, obviously, to help them um, is, is huge. And yeah. you know, from interviewing them, what I remember is they are not getting the resources that they um, – that they probably should they be getting. Need, yeah. And it might not even be money. It might be the recognition. It might be putting them on those mm-hmm. platforms that allows us allows them to, to kind of get more resources than, than what the city can you know, provide. They, they'll have to go out. That's a key component, I think, their ability to get resources, probably either county or through private sector mm-hmm. or state is, is really it. The city's not going to be able to provide them anything yeah, else. Yeah. And yeah. even if elected, I can't. You know, <laughs> the whole child's not going to If elected, I want all those organizations, so let's keep on working together, guys, yeah. uh, and let's see where we can find other, other places. You know, sure. I, I've always thought this, too, even on all the boards I've been on, okay, it's, it's this one thing. Um, I can see the board, and I can see the how they how they reflect the community, and I can also say we need more people on this board that, that reflect the, the larger community that's grown, mm-hmm. okay? And, and um, you have those people... Um, the professionals who live throughout the city of Whittier, uh, whose jobs are somewhere else and children live here and, and uh, schooling are here, we need to get them involved on our boards, on our commissions, on our nonprofits, uh, so that they will also have that vested interest in Whittier, too, yeah, and, yeah. Make, and make it the, the place, that, the place it, c- it can be. Correct, correct. And with your canvassing, canvassing uh, getting to know residents in your district, um, what has been the biggest concerns that you've been hearing from from res- local residents? Well, um, obviously the homeless, and so depending on how close you are to the epicenter in the third district, so Parnell Park is the epicenter. Because your district falls under that side, right? Or right. Park. So I'm a third district, and it really begins around the Catalina borderline, uh, but extends down to the south to Parnell Park. Mm-hmm. So, so that area right there, also encompassing Leffingwell. But uh, certainly, when canvassing Parnell Park, and you really get the tenor there, and, and it's uh, it's also it's also it's uh, interesting, it's sad, it's disheartening, it's mm-hmm. also very uh, uplifting because you still see a community that wants that loves its city, that wants to make it a better place. Yeah. Okay. You know, a lot of them sure they're they're definitely fed up with what's going on, and they want their park back, and it's okay with that. Mm-hmm. A public park is for space. It's 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 for the uh, community to enjoy. Yeah. And ultimately, it's not an encampment. Correct. Okay, but we they want that back. And, and at Parnell Park, you also see the we live under a little bit. Uh, I don't know how many dogs come running to the, the door when you're when you're canvassing at Parnell Park. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, three dogs just jump on there. They're barking like yeah. crazy. 
you know, but someone will come out and they'll still talk to you. Have literature, sure. So you're kind of sneaking it through the yeah. door, through the whole thing. Um, so that's a big concern. But so for instance, you said homelessness, homelessness. But as you know, everybody has. And so right there in the Parnell Park, we're talking also um, um, uh, Lambert. Lambert's a big concern. You walk Lambert, it's like walking on a freeway because yeah. it's so fast. It's just traffic. Well, yeah. traffic is also it. And the, the sidewalks aren't that wide, and there's certain parts where well, Lambert sidewalks. doesn't have any oh, near, yeah. near the third, <laughs> near the where the third district is yeah. area. So you no, know, they, they don't. Yeah. Um, so they definitely have that concerns, and so. And then as you get farther away from it, I mean, I've been walking on the far east, practically the La Habra area. So they definitely understand that things are going on with the homeless, and, um, but it isn't as immediate in their, their sector. What they're really interesting is, it, what they're interested in is, yes, we're a part of Whittier. You know, um, no, one's, you know no one usually cares for us so much. You know, uh, we have our concerns too. And, and what is their concern? Well, off the bat, that comes to mind is traffic on Janine. Hmm. Okay, because Janine has now become an overflow for traffic that's on Whittier Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And, and here people you know, uh, really um, um, uh, articulate their issues with, say, Whittier Boulevard from, from uh, Mills to, to First Avenue between 2.30 and 6.30, yeah. you know, where it's 25 minutes or 30 minutes to get through. Yep. But if you do the same thing at 7.30, it's like being in L.A. at 11 o'clock at night. Yes. Straight down the street, <laughs> right? So there again, that odd balance, right? I mean, the, so things like that. So the, the walking, public safety is always going to be a concern for people. And, Correct. And, and they're always concerned about how it's safe for them. And when people feel they're not safe enough to walk on the streets or are concerned about being accosted by someone, th- that's there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that's always going to be there for people. So I would say those are the primary concerns. And what I also find a concern uh, is really is the declining revenue of our city. Okay. And, and we're talking about, for instance, budget deficits. We are talking about Whittier Boulevard's economic vitality. Okay, and quite frankly, I haven't met anybody yet who really loves the proliferation of the dollar and discount stores along Whittier Boulevard, particularly in my district. I probably have seven or eight stores that have the word dollar or discount or depot in their name. Or 50% off. Exactly. (laughs) Or like dollar, yes. And it's like, no, dollar, no. You know, and and it's not a quality store. So it's not like buying inexpensive quality stuff. And if I harken back to some older days, maybe long gone, but certain a greater, better retail. Yes. So that revenue is not there. And so, of course, we've lost, what, six of our seven or eight or nine car dealerships over the years. And that was a fantastic source of revenue. So people are concerned about that in District Three. They're concerned about what's going to happen to Whitwood. Yep. You know, no, you know, no one has any any uh, aspirations or idea that somehow Sears and and J C Penney are going to stay there and be the lightning bolts that they were in the yeah. past. So this is really about thinking about what are we going to do when they're gone. Yeah, and 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 that's what I really think is important in getting also the local community to do that to get them back into wine to shop in Whittier. Yeah. Well, since we're there, I mean, we're going to get into these questions. Um, so, again, these questions are, are obviously a perspective uh, from our end in terms of being a resident, uh, um, oh, essentially parents. All right, back to the questions. Yeah. And and, uh, and also having businesses here, um, which is kind of in line with what your reason why you're running too. Um, let's start off with the first one. I, I think it's kind of where you left off a little bit, which is uh, retaining and attracting uh, local businesses. Uh, that's question number number two. Oh, what would you do to encourage more business in the area? 
or, or like keep, keep yeah or re, either retain or attract new businesses new businesses yeah, yeah I can I really quickly I jotted down a couple of things and I think one is this uh, and I've heard this a few people tell me the permitting and approval process in the city needs to be streamlined we need to remove barriers that stand in the way of new businesses from opening and current ones from from expanding okay and you know I think the city's gone too long hoping that its same methods of working or how it's going to do business in the city is somehow going to make this a great and vibrant place. Um, it's not attracting people the way it is or should, and there are, are more people who will tell me, hey, I want to tell you my bad experience first with trying to get a permit or something before mm-hmm. they see how great it was. And and, so, and that's a shame because I'm not certainly saying that we relax standards, but in some sense, if we work at bringing a variety of different good businesses here, then the ones that are good will survive. And, and somehow we weed out the bad ones as opposed to saying, well, on city council, I'm going to choose you're going to be a good business, but you're bad, and you're good and you're bad. No, let's see who can really do it, who has the, the gumption and the wherewithal to bring in and bring the people into, the, into their business, and great. So I definitely think we have to be more open to that. I mean, even my own experience, uh, 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 not so much in my business because I, I'm an attorney, so I don't have the retail aspect of it. I have no foot traffic. But I know under, and understand working with, uh, say, the layers of, of, the, of the city, and sometimes it's bureaucracy. Yeah. I have an older home. My home is over uh, 50 years old, and I was subject to the Historical Resources Commission. So although they are, have the best intention of making sure you put, do the nice thing to your property, it's another layer of control. It's another yeah. layer of $2,500 of, yeah. of, of a big expense, a big expense of yeah. saying, you know, then it will govern how you're going to do and what you want to do. And considerable time <laughs> also. And, and so that's – I'm sorry to kind of digress with that into the uh, my, my situation. But along with the permitting process – I really think that we just, as a council, have to be much more inventive and creative and willing to take challenges on how we're going to bring businesses into the city. Okay, whether we're looking about how we use community block grant money, how we borrow, how we invest, or how we partnership with private businesses to get what we want is really how is, I see a, a key to our future. Mm-hmm. So a real easy thing is um, uh, most uh, most people who know understand a little bit about business will want to uh, say, well, just because you want a, a great business, I mean, it's going to happen. You're not the landlord. And I said, yeah, I understand that. But we have to also get that landlord's vision out of that. I'm just waiting for whomever's going to come and give me what I need. And I really don't care what the city wants. Yeah. Okay, we have to be able to say, hey, landlord, we want to help you. We want to build this. We want to do this and make this. But we would like you to attract this type of business. So how are we going to do that? Or say, for instance, um, uh, let's look at the, the empty, empty large uh, buildings. Um, where they may want to put, like, say, a farmer's market type of situation. You have a fair amount of, of good restaurateurs and creative guys in the city of Whittier, but they may not be all big corporations to take a big spot. Correct. You know, so how do you get a few of those guys, say, say um, without naming names, but guys out there who are doing business now in Whittier, yeah. and say the consortium? Yeah. And so maybe if you have a city backing those people in the consortium, then we can go to the private uh, landowner and say, uh, property owner and say, hey, we want this, and you're going to rent to these three people, or we're going to work with this, and that's how we're going to you know, try to get what we need with it. Yeah. And so that's what I mean by uh, partnering with, with the private sector to try to get businesses. Beca- okay. and, and then ultimately, too, I mean, the outside world has to see the changing face of Whittier, and the changing face of Whittier is, is a younger face. It's a vibrant face. It's got money. It's got some, at least, uh, what do you call it, um, not spending money, but uh, I'm losing the term here. Disposable income. Disposable income. Thank you there, Christine. (laughs) Christine has disposable income. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, all these young people, like Christine, with disposable (laughs) income. But they need the... 
we want them to spend their money obviously in Whittier, in yeah. Whittier right? And so we we want to 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 encourage people to kind of do that. And, and I think that sometimes in in the past, oh, here's what I almost lost the point: is that maybe out in the in the public, maybe out, for instance, in the various uh, uh, private sector conferences and development, they may see an older Whittier, they may see a fixed income Whittier. Correct. And if you see that, then mm, I don't know if I don't want to invest too much. I'll give yeah. you another norms maybe, yeah. but that's it. So I think that's what we really have to see with. Present to the rest of the world what Whittier is, how dynamic it is. Yeah. How about alternative energy, right? How about light industrial? We used to have those kind of things. We don't need a power plant there, but I don't see why, as the world goes more into alternative energies, that we're not on the forefront of that too. Whether it's mm-hmm. in, whether it's development, private sector business, but I think it's definitely something available there. I know a little bit about studios and, and production, and I hear. I hear whisperings of things going on or people looking in Santa Fe Springs and local areas for stuff like that. Why not Whittier? Yeah. yeah. And so that's where I think some, and not necessarily that I'm going to bring that all, but I know I'm going to be open to people who might be. That's right. And that's where I want them to say, you know, say, hey, Remo, what do you know? Who are you going to bring over here? And let's yeah. talk about that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Alex, I know you mentioned earlier that you never heard a someone say that the permitting process was a positive one so i'll share my experience <laughs> and here we and, go the positive one straight from the horse's mouth no and, and so <laughs> i think the permitting process and as i initially thought about it it was let's create a better form that streamlines things i think what's maybe a little outdated is the the code for some businesses to be able to come here because of parking and okay. I, yeah. I, and so I we 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 have a I have a, a, another business that will remain nameless. Uh, we try to come to 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 Woodier and we couldn't get into the space because the prior use was retail and it's a strength and conditioning facility, yes. and uh, the, the parking requirement was just insane. And so it forced us to either stay in the unincorporated or look at Santa Fe Springs okay, because right, yeah. it has nothing to do with. Um, so much the form or anything like that it's just i think there has to be it's how do you get the business here what's really the roadblocks of holding it and i know the next question that we're going to talk about is how are you addressing housing and i know jesse's obviously an architect by trade and parking tends to just be the issue that from a city standpoint and and i get the you don't want to just have an area so impacted um but i think it's the code itself that would need to be kind of updated or, or, or looked at, I would say. There's got to be some gray area. I think yeah. it's been black and white. And, and, yeah. and uh, But anyways, yeah. with that said, yeah, number how, three. <laughs> yeah, how, how would you address uh, housing needs? Because I know everybody keeps talking about uh, – that's question number three. I know we went out of order, but uh, – Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> We went out of order and uh, – yeah, I guess so. I have a great answer for that. But yeah. when I write it down, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you? so as you're pulling it up, I'll just kind of repeat the question. Okay, so sure. The, the, the third question is how will you address the housing needs, i.e. Um, affordable housing, um, apartments, and so forth? Yeah, I guess I lost my question there. Would it be right here? That's about the Groves development. Oh, yeah, was, I mean, we can talk about that. Too. <laughs> no, okay. no, let's talk about the homeless, definitely. Well, well okay. it's, it's just housing in general, the, the shortage of housing that's happening in just across Southern California and all of California, I would say. We have, yeah, so we have a multi-pronged housing uh, issue, whether it's going to be uh, immediate shelter, whether it's uh, low-income housing, 
and whether or not we're going to be able to build more even, um, should we call it residential housing in, in a city like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so the whole, the whole state has yeah. that kind of problem. I think that they need almost 1.7 million more construction in the next 10 years. So some astronomical number that's going to be hard to, to, to effectuate, right? Yeah. And so you, you're just going to, have, you're going to have this particular problem, I guess. Let's say that in our perfect world, we would like to keep all of our residential housing and with a kind of low impact uh, the way it is. And, and quite frankly, even the way it is has changed over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. There, you know, if I go walking to any house, I would say there's going to be two or three generations living in there. Right. So even if I don't catch you, I'm going to catch your mother yeah. or, or your teenage son or maybe your 20-year-old son. And all of them have a car. Yeah. You know, so already when you're talking about that, people are concerned about the, the more cars going up on the surface streets. Okay. Um, I think that we're going to have to work to, to provide more affordable housing, okay. uh, we, no matter what. And I think that even if we, we don't want to deal with the, the, the homeless shelter situation, we've got to have something that people don't get there. Mm-hmm. I think the city spent a lot of time fighting uh, low-income housing, and so now we're getting our backs against the wall because now we're almost being forced to put up uh, shelters. Yeah. And, and so that's going to be difficult uh, for us to do. I think that if we're going to work towards that kind of solution in terms of, again, I guess getting back to, to uh, working poor and poor, we're looking at low-income housing, and we're also looking at um, uh, probably a regional solution to what we're doing with the homeless. Uh, we all know, most people know, we do already have a homeless shelter in Whittier, mm-hmm. and even if we expand the bedding over there, it's certainly not going to make up for everything that's out, out there. Correct. But I think that with a regional solution, that something like that could go a long way. I don't think at the end it's going to answer everything, unfortunately. But if we have the regional solution, then we also have the, the wherewithal a little bit more back behind us so we can enforce our existing ordinances and whatnot yeah. to make those who are service-resistant or, or who are basically committing crimes. Yes. I should even say service-resistant. How about this? Those who are committing crimes, those are the ones who should not be in the park. Yeah. Okay, and so um, that's, I think, something that we're going to have to deal with. And as a council, we're going to have to address the bigger issue to really answer you at the very end, how we look at density in the city mm-hmm. and what are we going to do with it, okay? Because there are a lot of folks who've already complained to me about Whittier Boulevard and, the, and Coral Gables and, and the Catalina Apartments and the ones over there where the uh, Toyota dealership uh, extra lot used to be, okay? And they see that as just using uh, services but not really bringing much more into the city but causing congestion. Mm. So you really have this, this dichotomy of people who, who want to have the space uh, and want to have, uh, but not really provide uh, uh, um, space for other people, yeah. whatever that might be. But where we have them, and I think ultimately we have to deal with that issue because they're also our own. They're also our community. Yes. And so we have to help each other in that respect. I think in that, as I mentioned, all these community groups, it's all about helping each other. Yes. And I think that's, that's a key component to it, along with, with having your government help you at the same time. So are you are you pro development like building more housing, uh, or are you more kind of just? I guess what's your take on that? Is more housing good or bad? See, I, it depends on what we're talking about. Building more housing. I, if you tell me, I don't exactly sure where the space is for more single family residences in Whittier. Well, well, let's talk. I mean, let's talk about apartments because I think I think that's probably what we would see more of uh, in terms of densifying space, the area. Yeah. Um, uh, so if we're building more apartments or condominiums, essentially units that are being stacked. 
Yeah. Um, is that is that something that you think we need or we need less of, or what's your take on that? Well, I guess my take for now is that we do have uh, a fair amount of it already coming up. Okay. If we're going to get to the situation where we have to deal at a larger level of having to have a particular type of housing, whether it be a low income or whether it be regional uh, shelters, then I think we have to touch that base first and see what's there. Okay. Uh, as opposed to dealing with the other part may help as a component of providing more space for people at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But that's not where the big need seems to be really crying out immediately. Correct. So, Correct. so I would say that wouldn't be where my, my first touch is right there. Um, I was seeing probably exploring, looking at more at the granny flat type of situation yeah, and, yeah. And, those, and those changes mm-hmm. and where they might be the best effectuated because there's, there's also just a congestion. Correct, correct. And not to not to make this uh, a speed up the whole process or our interview here. Oh, no we have we have a couple more questions. Uh, we do have, I'd say, about five more minutes. Um, but I, I want to make sure that I do address I do address everything that you've came prepared for uh, to discuss. It was forty five minutes long. I'm, I'm glad we only got five more minutes left. <laughs> there you go. It flies. I know. Um, so let's see. So so the only questions I think so we already kind of tackled homelessness. Uh, we talked about uh, bringing business uh, to the city. We talked about housing needs. Uh, the last two questions that we have is is um, is how do you address uh, how would you address crime? And then the last question we have is how would you address uh, long term financial stability for the city? So like uh, in terms of like Calpers and and and, and kind of like what you said earlier too. Like how do we make sure that we keep that going for the city? I, I think we, we updated these after. Yeah, but the different fact. questions. <laughs> we want to keep you on your toes, Alex. Yeah. Okay, we're all, you're, you're all going to ask us the same questions except we're not. I know. So, so here, so then based shoot on it, shoot it again. Then as your question, I'm sorry. And so, so, so we have these last two questions. So the 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 I think the more important one is the crime. What would you do to address crime? Okay, addressing crime in our city. So a crime in our it, city. And I was and I was going to say for all these, it's not trying to find the actual solution, but how would you, as a council member coming in, what would you want to do to kind of start looking at all this stuff? Okay, then I'll, I'll throw it back at you. So when you mean crime, what do you mean? What is what is changing in, in the world that you see uh, is is not being addressed? So and this is just conversations that I've had with residents, right. um, and it's always the gangs, right? Uh, even though we don't see them as much as we would say in District Three, uh, but there is in overall citywide there is still the organizations that that are gangs, right? Um, and that goes into the whole theft. Like I know crime has uh, or stealing, whether breaking into cars or homes, has kind of risen mm-hmm. um and then obviously all that gets tied into graffiti and, and just unwanted um tagging right. in, in, in communities i'm not sure how much of that is actually in your district but i know it's talking about more specifically here in the area in uptown i mean that's kind right. of being the big one um but is that something that that you've um i guess i know well, it wasn't a, a big i know out of the three you talked about that wasn't one of the big ones but is that something that you would want to address? Or? Well, actually, yes, because on the other series of questions that you gave me, as opposed to yes. everybody else, okay, <laughs> you said, what are the biggest concerns you see in a city, in your district? That's a pretty good question. Yes. Okay, the biggest issues, I think, are finding long-term solutions for those struggling with mental health issues, drug and alcohol abuse, and so we can alleviate homelessness, both regionally and locally. I think we do have to create more affordable housing in or regionally. 
I think we have to address the declining economic development on Woodyard Boulevard, as I mentioned, the proliferation of the discount stores. We must also strengthen our economic and fiscal stability so that we can provide the core services that our residents need and deserve, such as public safety. Hmm. So uh, for a long time, the police department has been understaffed. Our police department devotes a lot of resources also in Santa Fe Springs. Mm -hmm. And so anything we're talking about is providing more revenue, obviously, and more resources. So they have a few more officers. But maybe we also look at our relationship with Santa Fe Springs and how that allows us to allocate officers. If we have a hot button Hmm. issue right now, because Santa Fe Springs doesn't have a homeless shelter blowing out of control or a park. Mm-hmm. Maybe we allocate some uh, officers so we can address that and be hard on it. Everybody is, all, is, is thinking, okay, so we clear up Parnell Park for 10 days, and when our officers leave, they they're going to come right, right back. Well, maybe the officer doesn't leave. Yeah. Maybe some other element is available. I look at what Long Beach is doing. They, a huge city, big homeless problem, but really didn't, uh, the numbers didn't come up like they should have with everybody else. They have the police department also working with county to provide services and a strong and effective community outreach. And that's probably the components we'll need also, a community outreach that wants to also solve the problem and not so much as drama uh, and, and work that balance between uh, about the, the public safety but also dealing with the people who are there. Mm-hmm. So um, I think public safety is important, and we're just going to need to have more money to do it. And that's going to be either coming through our development uh, that we say or reallocation of resources or maybe even ultimately didn't talk about it too much uh, at all. But private sector helping us with the development. How about nonprofit sector helping us with our resources for our city, providing services that right now are helping to our budget issue? Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if we have the city still is a place where if you want to, you can take a swimming lesson, you can take a painting lesson, and a salsa dance lesson for 50 or 60 bucks. I don't know, maybe 75. But maybe uh, a nonprofit, the nonprofits that provide services like that or, or child care can do the same thing. Maybe with the same employees, but that way it could alleviate one of the one of the aspects of the budget deficit. Because if you're really going to get about the the pensions, that's a bigger issue. That's about a mismanagement of, in some respects of funds over the last ten or fifteen years. Nothing that happened in terms of the retirements was something the city didn't know was going to happen. It was just their ability to to plan around it. So so you know, I'm going to I'm running against an incumbent, Kathy Warner who had about a $7 million surplus when she entered city council back in 2014. Now we're running a 3 to $4 million deficit. And we have a, you know, a former city manager saying, that's not going to get better, Alex. You can't do anything about it. Well, I say, hell no to that. Yeah. I'm not going to run a city council and say, oh, I want to continue the budget deficit. Yeah. We're going to have to work at changing that, whether it's how we allocate our own sources and our, and, and our, our own services, how we, we outsource uh, for uh, for private sector, and also how we really work at changing revenue development in, in the city. I think those are all really important. Uh, the new businesses and the streamlining process or whatever, then that's also more revenue for the city instead of trying to fight the, the in- individuals or institutions. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of the long-winded answer to the short question. No, you actually answered both <laughs> questions all at once. Oh, perfect. So, so you did it. You did it well. I, I had a, just a question <clears throat> regarding crime because I, I, I also live in – in Council District 3. Um, do you feel crime has gone up in the district? Or? Yes. And so, it's, uh, I see, and, and for our, and for our sometimes uh, rose-colored uh, glasses over there, it comes in different ways, okay? Mm-hmm. And, so, and so smaller things will probably upset us more. 
But let's just say this. I mean, even this is not even crime, but this is the homeless proliferation. How many years has somebody been going through my trash can and, and getting my recyclables? Mm-hmm. You know, try to stop them the first time, but after a while when they were so, you know, so apologetic, you just let them do it. But I would say about two years ago, you know, I learned to not leave my, my car door unlocked. You know, and I had a couple of books taken from them. Neighbors had the same thing. People going down the street, taking shoes and my and a, and a couple of my books and, and some my, my wife phone charger. So all these weird things are happened. So it's definitely there. And, it's and, petty crime that, uh, that you would can't consider, right? Like there's a fair amount of that, but yeah. it, whether uh, you can't consider it petty or not, I mean, there's always been mailbox problems in in uh, in uh, District Three, yeah. uh, and in terms of graffiti and in terms of stuff like that, th- there's a lot of it. So yeah. um, uh, District Three is a huge district, and a lot of the district is behind uh, or, or south of Whittier Boulevard. Let alone when you're getting south of Lambert. So you get into a, a, a strong, higher density, yeah. a lot more people. And although you may not see what I'd call like the, uh, uh, a very visible gang problem, I think we do have a, a graffiti issue problem. Yeah. I think that our, our, our very aggressive and good code enforcement uh, graffiti abatement has uh, made it so we don't see it. That's right. But there yeah. would really be a lot more of it if it's out there and you see it etched in a window. I went to downstairs right now at the, at the Poet Gardens. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful new place, and I just hate seeing the windows yeah. scratched on the I other know. side already. Yeah. You know, so, so that's here. It's, it's been there before, and I think, though, with a community policing and maybe even having the resources to have back the, 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 the community police who are on the bicycles, whether it was the park mm-hmm. or the, um, the trails or whatnot, yeah. there's a little bit of that element, I think, that, that's missing here. And I think we have a, a, a law enforcement that, that feels a little bit under siege, a little bit as a huge problem. Uh, the one thing they are not, they're pawns. They're not pawns. They're public servants. Okay? Correct. And they shouldn't be caught in the middle of what's going on with, between, yeah. between the politicians and what the, the citizens want to some degree. <laughs> That's uh, right. And let them do their own job. Yep, yep. All right. Well, righty, we're getting to the last minutes here, huh? Well, well that's it. <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap it up with our last two questions, which I think we've asked previously when you were here. Yeah. Let's see if they, they've changed. Uh, so, the, so the first one is, what do you think that the, the city is missing? Something that you wish was here. Maybe it's a, a restaurant, a, a store, a vendor, a, okay, or something you would go out of the city for. I'll have to go with the things I've promised people along the campaign trail, right? There's all these great promises you make. Mm-hmm. So definitely like a Harkin type of movie theater, you know, something like that. And maybe uh, um, if you think about it, what happens when, when Sears leaves us? Because they're not going to be here forever, mm-hmm. but we're going to have a three-story building. How about if you had one story be like a restaurant? They say it could be like an islands, mm-hmm. And then you have the, the movie theater on top or something like it. Mm-hmm. The real uh, uh, cool bowling alleys that you see in industry and stuff like that provide right. good family entertainment that's not alcohol-driven or something like that. I think that would be a really good element that's missing in my part of town. Uh, everybody there talks about wanting to have some nice restaurants and, of course, uh, whether – my wife, she wants a Houston's. Okay, that's what she'd really like to have there. I'm up. I'm You're up for, for it, that yeah. one too. Yeah, I know that's going to be a little. That's going to be some work, right? Yeah. You know, but but those are things that maybe we could achieve because we have that income strata here. Why are they all going to Brea? Yeah. You know, and let alone Cerritos. Why are these other areas building themselves over and over again yeah. while we watch it happen? Yeah. And that's where I think we need to do something to make our, our money stay in. Yeah. Yeah. So the other question is, what are your go-to uh, spots here in Whittier? Either drinking, eating, maybe shopping, play, shop, play. 
Well, let's see. If I want to go get a Shirley Temple, then I'll go to the new canton here. So it depends, uptown or third district. So over here we're talking, you know, I'd like to go to new canton, uh, uh, 6740 for the wings. Um, and we won't – What flavor? Oh, I just like the buffalo wings. Yes. Just regular. Just regular mm-hmm. spicy. Mm-hmm. like them spicy, okay? Uh, and then uh, Japanese food. I mean, olden days, love going to Machi. It's still there, right? Yeah. Uh, Zabu. And then my own district, District 3, yeah, you know, I'm going to, of course, shout out to E-Sushi. Love going to E-Sushi. You know, uh, that's always been great. Um, um, tacos Baja, you know, love going there for a quick taco. Uh, the family likes also Thai Table and even the Silver Palace. You know, those are mm-hmm. great places for us to go all the time. So, uh, But always more restaurants. We want that there, too, let alone, you know, I was thinking of the list of the used-to-be's. You know, and there's some restaurants that we've lost over time that, you know, we have to be able to, to maintain or keep them, whether it was like a good Italian restaurant or or the great, big, a good steakhouse. When is, is, there one, is there one that you really, really miss that is no longer here, whether it's in Uptown or District 3 restaurant? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, what was really inventive I like was a place called Magali's. It was on Greenleaf, and it was a great chef over there. He had some uh, really exquisite and exotic cuisine. He had, like, elk uh, uh, elk dinner and something like that. Wow. Uh, I remember taking my daughter. Uh, family was there for my daughter's first communion uh, party. Uh, but that was really uh, unique, high-level chef, you know, and it's like, oh, on Greenleaf, the poor guy's not going to last very long. You know, so so that's something I definitely miss. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I miss the Bob's Big Boy uh, that used to be the California Grill 30 years ago or something right. like that, you know. So whatever they are, maybe they're, maybe they're images or, or memories of comfort. Yeah. yeah. But, but they're there, and I miss them, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Well, Alex, Alex do, you wanna, do you want us to share the, the social media? How, do, yeah, how does someone connect with you, at least maybe a phone number that or. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, you know, since I'm Alex Moisa, I have a law office in Uptown Whittier, so you could always call my law office. Uh, but, of course, since I'm running, my, my cell number is available to everybody, too. And that's it really, honestly, 562-322-3517. But, of course, there's all those social media there that you guys could uh, yeah. lay out for me. But uh, contact me through my Facebook or probably the Facebook or the campaign page. Okay. You know, uh, the Instagram and stuff like that. So so the website is alexmoisa2020.com. The Instagram is alexmoisa2020. And then the uh, Facebook is Alex Moisa for Whittier City Council dot District Three. Yes, and we'll put that info in our show notes. So for people who are listening and they want to follow you, uh, we'll, we'll, they could click on that information. Um, but again, thank you for for coming on. Thank you for uh, having me. We guys. Wish you the best, and uh, I guess uh, we'll have to see what happens in the future. And if you are a council member, then we'll have to bring you back and uh, rehash some of this new information. There you go, because if I become council member, I'm going to make a lot of people work. There you go. Because it's not just going to be me. You know, Perfect. So the community is going to have to get involved. We're going to, we're going to change and make Whittier a better place, a safer place. Yeah. Hey, everybody, thanks for having me here. I really enjoyed it, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye, Whittier. Bye. See you later, Whittier. Good night.